we are committed, we are dedicated, and we are um, we're sounding okay. I'm I'm feeling raw. I'm feeling open, and I am feeling fulfilled. I'm ready to get in between her legs. <laughs> well, you know I'm keeping that now. Well, hello there, and welcome to On The Beat, the podcast that uncovers full frontal male nudity in cinema. My name is Laura. I am, I'm here to bring you that chilled out, sexy vibe uh, today with are my co-host, Ryan. Are you really? I'm super chill, feeling real sexy today. Of course you are. Did you bring your wellies? <laughs> what? Did you bring your wellies? Why? Because we're going to be knee deep in clunge. That's a fuck that's a fucking phrase a friend of mine used when we used to go to the hive. If anyone's familiar with uh I mean Edinburgh in general. It used to be called the honeycomb back when I was a youngster, but it was then called the hive and also referred to as the dive or the skive. It was a fucking shithole. But that, it was like a teenage haunt. It was like a teenage club basically. That and that's was where the you went. Club that had the carpeted floors, right? No, 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 that was the Cav. That was the oh. Cavendish, yeah, that changed its name for fucking glory. But it was always referred to, even though it was a different name, it was always referred to as the uh, as the Cav, or was referred to as the old and then the new Cav. So um, I think it was called Ignite when we were still living there. Like when I met you, it was called Ignite. Um, well, that had carpeted floors, which is very, very, very ill-advised. Uh, certainly in a... Uh, a club situation where people have sticky drinks like their vodka and cokes and their uh, their gin and lemonades or whatever the fuck you have. Well, speaking of a night, let's let's ignite this episode because oh we are talking about <laughs> two films today. Because why not just put them both together? We're talking about the 2011 comedy and the 2014 comedy, the Inbetweeners movie and its subsequent sequel. And yes. I think I would like to refer to it as the Inbetweeners saga. Wow. Um, because I also want to kind of bring up, obviously, its origins, which was the massively popular and still popular to this day uh, TV show um, that aired on uh, Channel 4, or more specifically, E4, uh, back in the day, which was the uh, the young alternative uh, Channel 4 um Young Digital satellite, satellite ta- channel that they had. Channel 4, where you can see scrotums aplenty. Channel 4 was always <laughs> the forerunner for the alternative. Because um, that was that was where I first saw uh, like boobies and stuff on TV. Boobies? Because they, uh, they had a show on there called Eurotrash. Which wow. I don't know if anybody else is familiar with that. I remember seeing that show in the in the nineties, um, and they would cover all sorts of, uh, funnily enough, uh, trash um, in uh, in Europe when obviously the UK was still in the uh, cough cough EU. Um, what do you but, mean by uh, What do you mean by that? They covered trash. They covered trash yeah. dumps. So and let's just say they skips. covered uh, no, let's say porn, sexy things, Ooh, sexy uh, stuff. weird stuff. Yeah, like, I don't know. 
Um, if that's maybe where I saw a story about a man who loved a donkey, so he married the donkey. No. That might have been that sort of thing. No. Kind of like weird alternative sort of thing. It was all shot on a green screen, remember, and all the backgrounds were like painted uh, weirdly, and it had a very distinctive uh, theme song that I can remember. You going to sing it? Nope. Um, I would say go to YouTube, and I'm sure... <laughs> I'm sure you could find it, but I think it was just like da 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 da. I think that's oh. a very accurate rendition of it, actually. That was beautiful. I but think that is that's better. Anyway, let's um, take it. Let's take a little side trip off of memory lane, real quick. Okay, Ryan, sorry. Let me tell you the synopsis, and I only wrote down the synopsis for the In Betweeners movie. I have the second one. It's just I don't want to speak for 12 minutes with these long synopsis. Well, I think at the end of the day, you're not going to see much distinction between what happens in that first movie, what happens in the second movie, and for the most part, what kind of really happens as a whole with the in-betweeners, just in general, I think. This is the in-betweeners lads holiday part one. Fuck yeah. Fucking lads, lads holiday. Lads go to Malia. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So the synopsis of this film from Letterboxd is high school graduation just wouldn't be complete without an unchaperoned, uninhibited, and unforgettable final holiday. At least that's what Will, Jay, Simon, and Neil think when they book a two-week stay on an exotic Greek island. As their dreams of sun-drenched days and booze-filled nights are left hopelessly unfulfilled, the lads fight their way into the party scene with hilariously humiliating results in this smash hit UK raunchy comedy. Fucking hell. I'm exhausted. No stone left unturned. Um, and I think the sequel what... is uh, a Lads Holiday in Australia. <laughs> yeah um i it's a the second yeah the second one's uh the second one is a is a weird one it's kind of like the superfluous um i wouldn't want to call it like a tumor but it's really a kind of unneeded it's an unneeded sequel um, it's, a, it's a cash grab as yeah. sequels tend to be in that, a way yeah well that first movie was incredibly successful oh yeah um, huge huge hit in the uk um I don't know how well it did overseas, but I think certainly it was probably and still is, isn't it, the biggest British film release of all time. It set a record for the most successful opening weekend ever achieved by a comedy yeah. in the UK. Uh, it overtook Bridget Jones' Edge of Reason and The Hangover Part 2. And let's see, it earned £13 million pounds, uh, that opening weekend. Okay. And the sequel made more money on the opening day than mm. the original film, uh, but it made less money overall. Right, okay. Yeah, there's yeah, there's quite a distinct uh, quality difference between the two movies. Or, depending on like how you I look at know. it, they're probably kind of around about the same. Um... Exact same tone, exactly what you would expect. I mean, it hits all the beats you want it to. The sequel has some shit in it. Literally. That made me laugh so hard. Yes, there is some stuff in it where... You know, yeah, you know what you're getting when you walk into either an episode of The Inbetweeners or the 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 movie equivalent of The Inbetweeners. You know exactly what you're getting, and for that, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. There's a familiarity with the comedy that you're expecting there, and for the most part, it's kind of absurd. It's gross, um, but it's also kind of strangely relatable. Certainly, if you're a if you're someone who grew up in the UK and you grew up with friends very similar to this, as I feel like I did. Um, but 
with obviously that the double edged is that with the familiarity also kind of breeds a little bit of contempt because it 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 doesn't differentiate too far. It doesn't really feel like it's going anywhere. Not breaking any new ground. No, there's no new ground being broken. But with I think that, that's okay with a sitcom, though. I think that's what you're expecting out of that. It's just comfort, comfort food. Yeah, that's why Friends is so popular. Ugh. You know what I mean? It's like literally watching a wet sponge. But uh, the in betweeners, I feel like is. It should. It is regarded highly as one of the best British, or at least modern British sitcoms of all time. It 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 existed in a bubble, in a period of time when it couldn't have been created or made or shown any time before or after its release. I feel like it exists perfectly in this one time frame, and that was between. May 2008 and October 2010. And it was a six-part, three-series show um, that basically depicted the lives of four young lads. um, And those four young lads are Will, Jay, Neil, and Simon, played by Simon Bird, James Buckley, Blake Harrison, Joe Thomas. And you also get Greg Davies in there, who's incredibly funny he plays yes he plays the head of sixth form at the school and he is he is one of the greatest bastards to ever be depicted on the screen i remember plenty of teachers who had the similar sort of attitude where they have just utter contempt for not only just you but just any sort of interaction with you or any anything that they have to do with it they are basically tolerating you even though they are definitely uh, within the school system having to deal with kids on a daily basis. It's a very weird conundrum. He's a hilarious guy. He's very uh, good. He's incredibly tall. Yeah. And has a great face that is always a resting bitch face uh, filled with anger. Yes. Blake Harrison, who also, he plays Neil. He is the tallest of the of the group. I feel like because of Greg's involvement in the show... He really sells the fact that these guys are young kids. Yeah. They are like effectively like 15, 16, or I think they're 16 in the first series. So they're just coming out of, oh God, because it's the English school system. I grew up in Scotland, so it was like P1 P1 to P6, which was S1 to S6. In 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 the, below the border in England, it's done in like years. So it's like year 11, year 13, year 14, year 15. So I'm not 100% sure what that is. Anyway. I don't, what would that, what's the equivalent of that in the US? I, I thought maybe they were sophomores, juniors and seniors. Yeah, they were just about to go into their effective senior high year. School. Yes, in high school. So it's their last, their go, the first season or the first series, they're going to go into, by the end of season one, they're going to go into their, uh, I think their final, their final semester, um, before obviously going off to, to university or not. They will be leaving school uh, soon after that. Um, Do you want to talk about, we've got a couple of directors to talk about. And it's yeah, there's a myriad of creators here. Um, this little group. So like I said, um, it was a E4 commissioned, Channel 4 commissioned TV show. 
Um, and it was created primarily by Damon Beasley and writing partner Ian Morris. Um, and it's effectively based on what it was like for them growing up as teenagers in England. So for the most part, it's set in uh, suburbia. So the show's set in uh, suburbia outside of London, I think it is. It's yeah. like London, London suburbia. So it's very middle class. Um, so as much as like, as much as like, uh, I think Ian Morris kind of saw himself as the Will character that's obviously played by uh, Simon Bird. He saw himself as like the transfer who's going into the school to obviously these these other things. But really, it's a middle it's a middle class it's a middle class background they're all kind of dealing with here. It's a story about friends. 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 Yes. I was trying not to make this too... School uh, friends. Yeah. I was trying to not make this too kind of quotey. Because again, I think The Inbetweeners is one of the most quotable shows of all time. Um, And certainly uh, when Will comes in, he's referred to as a briefcase wanker. He's got a briefcase (laughs) for whatever reason. His mum gave him a briefcase. He's obviously dealing with like his parents divorcing, all this sort of stuff. It, and, uh, it, it really is. It's a, it, a hilarity ensues. If anything, we take comedy out of uh, other people's trauma. But uh, like I said, it ran for three series between 2008 2010. There was a US version that was developed for MTV. And Ian Morris and Damon Beasley had their hand in that. But really, that was an incredibly unpopular show, and it only won for one season, and then they effectively cancelled it. And that only ran, yeah, it was released in 2010 in January, and it only went for one season. From and what it did I not rem- go very far. From what I remember, that was filmed at least in part at Universal Studios in Florida, where I was working at Jaws at the time, because I remember them talking about them filming... And I, I feel like I'm weirdly, I always get it mixed up because they also did a US version of Skins around that same exact time. And I can never, I should have looked it up where yeah. did they film it. I'll, maybe I'll look it up later. But it was one of those shows that they were filming while I was working at Jaws. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like there's a, there's a relatability to the UK version of The Inbetweeners. I feel like there's a lot to relate to. I feel like it nails being a teenager, having to grow up within the UK school system perfectly. Um, and it is a <laughs> fucking trauma. And I feel like it is really like it is an act of survival trying to get through those formative years as a young person, trying to develop into an adult. And I think we'll kinda we'll kinda touch more on that as we get into it. But uh to be to be honest, um I would say, like, the show is very much an absurd comedy. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of slang used in it. There's a lot of kind of sexual content, at least kind of spoken. A lot of that comes from, I would say, the... Oof, I mean, he's maybe one of the greatest sitcom creations ever, but Jay is... The character Jay. I don't know what to say about Jay. Jay is disgusting. I mean, the stuff that comes out he's of his the funniest. Mouth. He's the funniest one. He is like, I mean, he's like the stalwart comedian of the, of the, of the quadrant. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's, uh, you've got your drama and your story that's kind of held up by Simon and Will and obviously Neil, who's effectively there. He's a bit of an idiot. Um, he's, uh, he's there obviously for that kind of, you know, jovial kind of comedy relief. But then also it's kind of just hammered home that, Jay, who's a compulsive liar, uh, 
is banging and fingering his way through town uh, <laughs> as best they can. Um, but really, yeah, he is one of the greatest creations. Um, and I feel like he kind of only exists again within this tiny little bubble before, I guess, the advent of, or kind of prevalent advent of political correctness that has really kind of dominated the comedy scene at least over the last kind of decade and a bit. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of feel like he is the last kind of bastion of that kind of comedy, at least in British comedy, I feel like. Um, and he just wouldn't exist now because of the level of chauvinism that uh, he is uh, he is portraying <laughs> all the way throughout. Um, like I say, there is no there is no uh, procedure vaginally or anally that he has not performed, at least in his own depraved mind. Yeah, absolutely. He's every single one of these characters are. I mean, they're also teenagers. But they're perverts and they're predators and they're horrible people, but you you still love them. Yes. And like I say, there's, you know, the humor comes from him, but there's also like, it's, it's incredibly knowingly offensive. Um, there are just certain jokes in there that you just couldn't see being told now. And certainly I think it was an interview with Blake Harrison. He said, there will never be another in-betweeners. Like, it's just never going to happen. It just will not happen. Well, but he why, is also, why do you need it? You already have this one. Well, no, that's the thing. I think it's the, the continuation of the show. There's right. no way that they could continue the show or continue to maybe uh, reunite them in any way, shape, or form. Is that, again, I kind of feel like it existed in this perfect little period of time where, I guess, TV channels, networks were looking for that sort of alternative thing. I mean, it's out of out of what The Inbetweeners was. We also have Peep Show, and we also have Fleabag. Like, we also get an alternative strain of comedy that's a little bit more raw. It is definitely offensive, but it is in some sort of way. It's incredibly relatable because it's looking back on it and it kind of... Uh, uh, like a kind of social, like a social kind of reflection of what, you know, real people would have. Certainly, I feel like if you look at like American sitcoms, there's definitely a sense of optimism that isn't bred into the into the sitcom formula of say an American sitcom. You see it in Seinfeld. You see it in Friends. Um, you know, you see it with like married children, all this sort of stuff, the Golden Girls, everything, all these sorts of things. There's a level of optimism and it's always kind of bright and sunny and you don't really get that with the British sitcom. And I feel like that is kind of inherent to the framework of a British sitcom is that it's just kind of uh, a little bit dour, it's a little bit depressing, it's a little bit monotonous and they have zero issue with just telling you that every single moment of how fucking depressing life can actually be with what they're doing and how they're doing it. And then obviously the absurdity and the comedy kind of shines through. Well, that's but, just the difference between, you know, your American comedy and, 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 and British humor it has always kind of been like that. You yeah. Know, going back to Monty Python days, it's always like a, a little bit absurd and, and just the way that jokes are told. Yes. Uh, is very different than, than your American kind of, I don't even know what I was going to say, like kind of slapsticky jokey. But yeah. yeah, it's just a different type of humor. And it's like yeah. it's not for it's not for everybody, and it's definitely 
I've I've always liked that type of humor. Yeah. You know, like I I kind of grew up with it weirdly. I think it's my older brother introduced me to a lot of uh kind of British film and mm-hmm. and comedy and stuff. So I'm, yeah. I'm thankful for that because it made me more interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'd say like Brit- yeah, British comedy just in general is inherently darker than uh, American comedy, I would say. And it's also Australian Australian comedy too is a little bit of an offshoot of British humor, which makes sense. Yeah, as yeah. well, it's very it's a kind of dry and dark. Yes, yes, it's the sort. Of, yes, yeah, the humor. I it's the level of humor and the quality of the TV that I grew up liking to yeah. the point where even like now I can't relate to say like a Seinfeld or something like that. And I that just hurts don't, me. I just don't find it. I just don't find it funny. But I've also kind of grown up on like the counter to that that kind of show. Um but you talk about Australian humor, um let's say or New Zealand humor, like that kind of area. Um so basically Damon Beasley and his writing partner, Ian Morris, um, they'd originally started working on and writing episodes of Flight of the Concords. Obviously, the Jermaine Clement, uh, like the legendary show, uh, Flight of the Concords. Um, and that was between 2007 and 2009. Now, also where Damon Beasley and obviously Ian Morris come into play as well in terms of the movies is they also direct the second movie. Um, so they've gone from creating the show writing all of the episodes of the show to then directing, writing the first movie and then directing and writing the second movie that comes out. And the third partner in this whole process is uh, Ben Palmer, who is the director of a few of the episodes between episode uh, series two and series three. He's also gone on to uh, direct episodes of uh, Breeders, um, I think it's that that Martin Martin Freeman Martin Freeman show. It was on also, FX in the states. Got yeah, we'd seen some episodes of it. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, um, it's like unhinged Martin Freeman, which I think is fucking awesome. Yes, um, and also Joe Thomas has also gone to do other things with Ian Morris and stuff like that as well. They were in that movie that they'd made called uh, Festival as well. Um, but yes, Ben Palmer. Um, he's a director, he's mostly worked in TV and he's also done movies and I guess probably one of the more notable movies that he's done that obviously Laura's going to like me saying now is uh, that Simon Pegg uh, I put in very comedy, comedy. Um, How dare you uh, Man Up 2015 Man Up starring Simon Pegg and Lake Fuck Bell no. Baby, I love that movie, you know I love a rom-com yeah. I love an English rom-com uh, You know I love Simon Pegg, Lake Bell That's my girl who directed several episodes of Pam and Tommy. Mm. Love, love her so much. Yeah. I love that film. Everyone mm. should watch Man Up. It's so freaking good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was it was whatever it was. Anyway. Um, it's yeah. so funny. They have a dance-off. <laughs> and uh, everything everything about it is, is really good. Simon Pegg cries all the time. It's wonderful. Anyway. Back to the in-between. Rory Kinnear is in that film as well. <laughs> and he plays uh, a guy working in a bowling alley. And he tries to, like, sexually assault Lake Bell in the toilet. And then he, like, follows her home. Um, Rory Kinnear, which we'll eventually talk about because he's yeah, in will. Men. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that episode. Yeah. Yeah. I um, love Rory Kinnear. Rory Kinnear <laughs> is underrated as an actor. And he was in that Black Mirror episode where he fucked a pig. <laughs> Rory Kinnear is awesome. <laughs> I love Man Up. 
Oh, God. You hear me perk up. You talked about in-betweeners. I'm like, man up. Man up does not have a penis in it. And that is a damn shame. Uh, yes, it's a real shame. Anyway. You would have um, asked Rory Kinnear and he probably would have done it. Probably. Yeah. There's a lot of folk out there where you're just kind of like, you have to question their sanity when at a drop at a hat, they'll just fucking drop their trow and, and show their members. That's what I've always realized. <laughs> um... <laughs> to take this a little bit differently again we're dealing with we're dealing with a comedy series we find doing episodes on comedies incredibly difficult comedy movies and this is not a slight i'm not saying anything against the in-betweeners at all but they go into my head and out of my head quicker than a fast and furious sequel oh yeah and i love fast and furious absolutely love every single one but i walk out of the cinema and I don't remember what happened. Yes. And I feel like this happens to me with the Inbetweeners movies. And I go, there's moments that I love that will stay in my heart that make me laugh. And then I just kind of forget the rest, you know? So it's going to be hard. Also, my memory sucks. So they are, they are incredibly forgettable. I feel like, I feel like good comedies, just in general, I mean, you think about like only fools and horses and, and and faulty towers and stuff like that is that they can be summed up with key little comedic moments that are always the things that you remember um and the in-betweeners is definitely full of those moments i mean one of my favorite bits in the show is is probably one of the most absurd things but they've got all the lads are in uh jay's dad's camper and it's just it just cuts in there and like jay's got his leg up on the table and he's like he's like pretending to finger someone here and he's fingering another person there and he's obviously he's doing something with his mouth and he's got someone on the table this is all imaginary by the way and he's like humping and it's just the three boys just like looking at this sight <laughs> it's like it's like if anyone's seen the movie old it's not a good movie that m night movie old there's a scene in that where the two kids go into the cave spoiler alert and there's a woman in there whose bones are actively breaking and reconstructing as it's happening. And that's the kind of ferocity and absurdity that, that <laughs> I kind of liken it to. Um, it's kind of wild. Um, I like that episode where they have the fashion show and uh, yes. Simon goes out and he has to wear this little Speedo and mm -hmm. one ball sack is hanging out of the side of the speedo and he walks on stage and does a funny little dance yes that's kind of the only moment that would pertain to the podcast is that we see a single nut yeah um in, in that fashion show i do like that bit where he's like he's so nervous and like neil's helping to dress him and neil at this point is just like well no i'm not helping you with the tiny pants um but he's yeah he just he completely and obliviously just does not realize that one of his nuts is hanging out and i'm pretty sure that is his that is his nut <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is uh, that's Joe Thomas's ball, like hanging out of those tiny little pants. Um, I'm sure the budget did not call for the amount of money it would take to construct one nut. They didn't have HBO money. Let's put it that way. No, HBO no. takes all the <laughs> fake nuts. Yeah, as someone who's as someone who's worked in TV and tried to develop shows and stuff like that, like you, you you're not given a lot of money. You really have to be a very good writer. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that HBO <laughs> drop that you just said and mention that yeah. in the sequel in the Inbetweeners too, uh, when they wait no it's the first one the first movie oh it's the first okay in the see I don't I already 
See? Forget what's going That's on. That's why I'm leading the charge on this one. Yeah, whoops. Yeah. Uh, Theo James is in uh, the Inbetweeners movie, and he's Simon's kind of rival. Uh, you know, this Carly's there, and... Yeah. Oh, uh, who cares? Anyway, Theo James is there, and as everyone remembers, he's in White Lotus Season 2. Yes. And he had HBO money, and they made him a gigantic fake penis mm. for that film. Yeah. For that show. He also plays a bit of an asshole in that show as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty similar um, uh, typecast. Kind of, yeah. It's kind of <laughs> like he's typecast. He's got that face. Yeah. And I'm sure he's a lovely fella. But he's got a face where you're just like... Punchable? I went to, <laughs> I went, well, I went, to, I went to school with folk who had a face like that. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, you just, you just know. You just know that they're just shite. Okay. Just a fucking pack of shitters. Yeah, Simon's, talking, uh, yeah, Simon's love interest, Carly, is played by Emily Head, who is the daughter of Anthony Head. Anyone that loves Buffy should know who that is. Mm. And uh, he plays Will's father in the movie. Anyway, there you go. Boom. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Whatever. I'm literally Boom. just trying to Facts. write down, or I'm trying to mention anything I have written down, which isn't a lot. Yeah, you're literally, yeah, you're literally clutching at straws really when it's am. coming to this episode thing here. I'm barely here. That's why we're talking about it as a saga, because we couldn't obviously sustain this level of... Uh, humor we rewatched this for... 20 minutes ago no <laughs> yeah. fucking idea what's happening we watched right now. it with the commentary we got it with um the well the comment the commentary is just bedlam like it's just the four main lads like talking about what happened on the movie and stuff like that making horrible jokes to each other yeah effectively interacting as they are in the show best friends um but certainly any yeah i mean it's such it to me it's so fucking relatable like the interactions that these lads have with each other, because I I went I was friends with someone who was a compulsive liar, and he lied about everything, every single little thing, and it was so useless the information that was coming out of his mouth. And the thing is, he lied so much that eventually, when I got older, he was actually right about a couple of things, but he would never have known that they were true at the time. Like, I remember he said something about, like, a video game, and he's just like, well, I've seen that cartoon. And I was like, how have you seen that cartoon? He was like, no, I've seen that cartoon. And then I found out later, it was a cartoon, and it was only seen in Japan. There was no internet at this point either. So I was just like, right, okay, well, he just made this fantastic assumption, and it just happened to be right. Wow. Um, I'm still friends with him, by the way. He's uh, he's a good lad. (laughs) But, like... uh, I fucking could not stop fucking lying. Could not stop lying for the wonder, life of him. Wonder, wonder what his life is like now. I'm sure it's fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, this, 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 I would, I would not recommend against. Yeah, just, 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 yeah, just don't lie. Kids are, kids tend to be. I mean, what we see in the show, obviously, and kind of what we continue is that, that being a child, being a kid in school, certainly in the UK, is fucking hellish. Well, because you have to deal with all those youths. All those fucking the, youths. The English youths. The uh, horrifying. Yeah, they're they are awful. I remember dealing with kids when I was when I was older. Not in the sense that like I had to, you know, it wasn't like a part of a job. I didn't work in a school or anything like that. But just out in the general world, sometimes you would come across kids bold as brass, ready to call you a cunt and wanting to kick your head in. I remember I remember <laughs> once I was going off to work. 
and two kids who were smoking cigarettes, probably no no older than like 13 years old or whatever, were sitting on my steps and I was just like, excuse me. And then they started taking the piss out of me for like no reason. And one of them was like this tiny little shriveled, uh, no offense to anybody with red hair, this little shriveled ginger. Oh, wow. You said that was such hate. I mean, I was saying no offense to people who had red hair, but... He goes, ginger. Little shriveled ginger boy. (laughs) (laughs) Just sitting on my steps, smoking a cigarette. And obviously his boyfriend was was this slightly larger, kind of bulbous potato, um, kind of hairy lad who had like a sovereign ring on and stuff like that. And uh, just like, what the fuck are you going to do about it? And I was just like when someone asks you that it's like the obvious answers are well i'm not going to do anything like i can't do anything <laughs> about this like i'm in reality I'm like, young man I'm, find- I, I'm going to walk away i'm finding myself in a situation as a 20 something year old where i'm just like i'm going to work i fucking hate my life and the last thing <laughs> i want to be doing is missing the bus because i'm i'm arguing with a child um i think the scariest thing for when i when i first visited england um from watching peep show and things like that i was horrified of the youths anytime i'd see a group of youths i'd i would go the other way i was it fucking scared happens it uh, fucking happens more regularly than often was gonna call me a pedo Ooh. <laughs> isn't fucking, that I'm season jo- one episode one of peep show where he can't he wants to like go out and he has to buy toilet paper and he can't leave oh god all the youths yeah. outside he's like he can't wipe his arse because there's like kids outside on the on the estate there's and also they'll just they'll just accost them there's that episode, and I don't remember what show it is, that Ricky Gervais show where he's walking by a playground and some little kid calls him a pedo. No, he goes past that school and the, the one of the, the kids, again, a, oh, little, no. a little fat ginger boy. Oh, God. <laughs> goes, you guys, we goes, really oh, love the gingers, genuinely. We have a lot of ginger friends that are that are dear to us so i'm also from scotland by the way like i don't have <laughs> i don't have this kind of level of contempt for people with red hair that certainly the rest of the world does i'm from scotland so most of my friends and most of the folk that i know are red-headed because we're from fucking scotland that's the birthplace of people who are ginger that's the reason why it, it, it it's diversified all over the fucking world is because they all came from scotland ginger lovers yeah well, I mean, you can't, yeah, you trip over a, someone who's ginger back home. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just, or strawberry blondes, whatever, for fuck's sake. It's still ginger. You're also fucking sensitive. But anyway, um, yeah, no, there's some fantastic bits in that show. But no, like, you get accosted by children all the time back in the kids UK. Kids are so scary. Kids are pretty scary. And when I was growing up, kids were also pretty scary. Um, but yeah, I don't know, maybe that's just something that doesn't really translate too much kind of over here no it's like that sense of that because i feel like maybe children here i'm not saying all children they do respect their elders maybe a little bit more over here than they do back in the uk where it's just kind of like well most of the children in the united states are too scared of getting murdered at school so they don't have time to be uh mean to to other people they're too worried about uh, losing their lives that is certainly something that comes up in a conversation more often than not is just like if you find yourself in a situation that's like antagonizing over here, the best course of action is kind of just to ignore it and to just defend yourself, either be it in your car or within a situation where you're kind of just removing yourself from the situation because the possibility of somebody having a gun is actually incredibly high. It's not really. 
I mean, I'd rather not toss a coin as to whether or not if I get myself into a fight with somebody, are they going to punch me or are they going to shoot me? Yeah. But, I mean, you're probably not going to get shot. But No. But there was, you know, there's, this, there's similar issues like back home. I remember, I remember, like, I mean, a lot, a lot of the times folk carry knives back home, which I think is a slightly more personal way of dealing out punishment in some way or another. So you can um, get close enough to give him a kiss? I remember I got chased by a fucking grown man when I was I was out skateboarding once and he kicked me in the leg. <laughs> he uh, he uh, he mistakenly he mistook me and I put that in inverted commas. Oh he God. mistook me for someone who was trying to shag his girlfriend and he wanted to he wanted me to come down the lane so that we could have a wee chat about it. And I was maybe only 12. And this guy was definitely his 20s. And I had a skateboard and it was big and heavy. And I went to swing at him with it and I ran away, but he kicked me in the leg. Amazing. And then he walked away. I think he called me like a, like a fucking whatever. And uh, I was going to Margie. Oh, I was just going to the shop. I was just going to the shop to go get myself, you know, like a sweetie or something. And then... Uh, a fucking twelve-year-old boy. I had to fucking run home, eh? I had to run home. It was fucking. Did you fuck my girlfriend. Oh, it was fucking horrible. Yeah, no, and I'm like, I don't even, I, I don't know your girlfriend. You know, like, I was just, <laughs> I don't really know what I was supposed to do. It was wild. I want to run through these full frontal scenes because there's actually several. Um... Oh, there's a ton. I don't think, yeah, we don't really want to kind of focus on the story or kind of individual moments. Cause... I feel like a lot of them kind of live and die within the film just as they are. But since there is quite a lot of full frontal stuff in the movies just as a whole, I think we're just going to cover those. There's so many scrotums. There's so many wieners. Not yes. as prevalent as we're making it seem but there are are some definite yeah um, very funny moments so it's not yeah it's not dick a minute basically no and at no. least there's certain things that the films share in that they both have like a shit joke in them and uh, certainly they do have a prevalence of uh, male genitalia as a as a laughing point as well so <laughs> so in in the in betweeners movie so we'll start with the first one at about 44 minutes so we have a scene where all the boys are at the pool and jay gets into an altercation with a young boy <laughs> at the pool right yeah a little let's just say uh, well they're in malia um which to the top of my head i am not a hundred percent sure where that is is it Mali or Malaga? Either way, I can't really remember. It's basically well, they're like... they're in Greece. They're meant to be on Crete, right? They flew into Crete. Oh, right, yeah. But they only filmed there for maybe a week, and then they filmed the rest of it in Majorca. It and did then the look, interior yeah, because I've been, I've been to Majorca. Aye. What's the fucking Brit? Is there Brit holiday standards? I want my lager, my sandwich, a packet of crisps. I'm a fucking geezer. I like my clubbing. <laughs> you know, fucking Brexit. You know, all this sort of shit. And well, it, it, it honestly, it captures it fucking perfectly. The amount of tribal tattoos and like topless, topless fucking, into the fucking zoot suits. Fucking loved that fucking sequence. Wow. Loved it. Well, so this, did I already say when it came in? About 44 minutes into the film. So... After the altercation with this little boy, uh, the little boy kind of comes over and pulls down Jay's 
swimming shorts. Exposing his wiener. Exposing his wiener. And on this, you know, in front of a whole poolside full, filled with people. Ah, it's just sunbeds. Sunbeds and folk. Just yeah. sunbathing, yeah. So apparently, oh, oh gosh, what's it? Oh, his real name's Jay, isn't it? His real name's James. James. Aye. So he was, he'd, he'd said a few times in interviews that he was going to do it, you know, uh, and they had also talked about how the creators of the, the show and the films were peer pressuring them all the time yes. to kind of go further, do what they wanted them to do. And they're mm-hmm. young, so they're probably maybe a little bit more keen to do those type of things. But he said he chickened out at the last minute, so uh, of actually doing the full frontal. Yeah. But what we have here is not a prosthetic, friends. What we have here is an actual penis, but it's somebody else's. Yeah. So what they did, movie magic, um, James was wearing kind of these flesh-colored pants or underwear, a type of flesh-colored thong. And they had his stand-in, who was actually the son of one of the other actors yes. who was in the film. And I guess they just asked him. It's the woman on the tour bus who calls out Mackenzie when they're dropping them off um, from the airport. Right. And so I guess they probably just asked around, like, who is willing to get naked on film? You know, well, it won't be your face or anything, but who's willing to lend their penis to James? Yes. So they um, had him stand in exactly the same spot and they... I, I believe they actually trimmed his pubes into an arrow pointing down. Right, okay, yeah. Because James said that he just didn't feel like trimming his pubes in such a manner. Yeah. And uh, trimmed his pubes into an arrow, pointing down at his penis, placed him in the spot, and then superimposed with uh, digital magic you that just, penis. Yeah, you would just mat, you would use a mask around the genital area on that person and then just superimpose it on, on top yeah and then just make sure that obviously your mask was matched to the uh to the shorts coming down when you do the motion of the shot yeah um yeah no i think i i heard something very similar i listened to a podcast called still tell Them steve dave and they had ian morris and james buckley on an episode that was referred to as it was episode 123 it was called briefcase wankers and they <laughs> go into a little oh, wow. bit they go into a little bit more detail into kind of how this came to be. and Do tell. Well, you what you're saying is that James Buckley wasn't brave enough to do it. But then I also heard that Ian and Damon and Ben thought it wasn't comically small enough to work for no. the moment. Yeah. So what they did was... But I mean... Who's to say that this man was picked purely because his his penis was small? But they did feel that the moment is funnier if Jay actually has quite a small member. So the way that they described it in the show, in the other podcast rather, was that they were basing it off the fact that this guy not only was he was he more willing to obviously do the full frontal. And have his junk on show, but it was more that he also had something that would work to be a little bit more uh, comical because it was smaller than James's actual junk, according to their show, as far and as best as I can remember it. It probably helps that they were in uh, Majorca during the off season, so it was quite cold. So maybe that helped a bit. 
with the comedy. I'm not going to joke. I think they also said that in the podcast episode as well. Yeah. Um, but certainly, yeah, I think, as I think George it works. Costanza would say, I was in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Seinfeld. But uh, yeah, no, I think, um, I also think that, uh, yeah, I think for, for, for better or for worse, it also kind of solidifies a running joke with the J character from the show as well, is that his father's always referring to his small cock. <laughs> right. And then, of so. course, in his mind, he is a... Lothario. Sexual Lothario. (laughs) Yeah. A sexual Tyrannosaurus who's out there finger banging and getting blowies every morning and Uh never touched a boob in his life. Of course. So uh, the the second one I think is also incredibly interesting. Yeah. Comes in not long after, about 51 minutes in, where we get to meet Fernando. Fernando, yeah. At the club. Um, so the lads, yeah, the lads end up in a fight. They end up in an argument. Classic. So we end up, they end up splitting into two pairs. So Neil and Jay and Will and Simon are separated. And uh, Neil and Jay end up going to this uh, club with a bunch of dancers. A bunch of dancers. <laughs> a bunch of lady dancers doing their thing yeah. up on the stage. And then... The crowd uh, roars for Fernando, who who jumps on the stage. The ladies are gone, and Fernando does a dance. Yeah, and with a knife, cuts off his little pants that he was wearing it's from his costume. His Tarzan shorts, little Tarzan shorts. Yeah, and uh, proceeds to bend right over to where his anus is just shooting right into Jay and Neil's faces. Yes. Puckering up for them, as they say. As they say. Because <laughs> that's, that's something that they say. <laughs> and um, Fernando's doing his dance and he's totally naked. And yeah, I mean, it's it's buttholes, it's self, testicles. Well, it's yeah, a, self, he's the self-filating man. He's doing the self-filation. Yeah. On stage, right in front of these two young men. Uh, yeah. Which... W- I do really like how Fernando came to be in this film because I guess one of the writers, I don't remember who it, who it was. I think they said it was Ian. The creators. Yeah, Ian? they always, like, Ian seems to be the one that they go for, for, I guess, the, the, the writing inspiration. The weird shit. So, <laughs> yeah. I guess Ian was on holiday and saw Fernando in real life. I mean, that's Fernando. That's his name. That's his That's act. the dude, yeah. He's, he's that's the self He's the self-sucking man. man. Yeah. And... He wrote it into the script because he thought it would be funny. And they had, I guess, the producers track down Fernando and have him do his trick on, on camera. It's uh, it's something. It's genuinely something. But, yeah. Uh, yeah um, it's, yeah, it perfectly characterizes the type of holiday that, that this is, really. Yeah. I mean, that sort of thing. Like, the fucking wild benders that folk go on when they go to like Ibiza and fucking Malaga and all this sort of crap. Four pints, four shots of Jaeger, and a fishbowl, please. Oof. Yeah, fucking fishbowls. Fucking fishbowls. So, um, I'm just gonna jump in, if you don't mind, into the sequel, just because um, yeah. we'll talk about... There, would... there are little hints of 
other kind of full frontal bit. I mean, Neil is the. I mean, we're going to talk about him in the sequel, but certainly Neil. Neil ends up show. We see like a prosthetic. There's a fakey dick in uh, in the first movie where he's only wearing his pants that got wet and they're like bright white, and you can see oh, like right. yeah, you can see like yes. the outline of his of his dick, and also That's he has right a at the pool as well. So it's right. Uh, in that same scene where yeah. Jay gets his, he gets pantsed. There's a there's a bit where they've thrown the towels of this family. They'd reserve some sunbeds. Um, it just so happens that they have monopoly over these sunbeds because they have a disabled daughter. And uh, Neil's showing her Finding Nemo uh, towel to her, and she's in tears, only to reveal at eye level perfectly with his crotch that his pants have gotten also wet, but it's just seeing the outside outline of his uh, his schlong <laughs> right in front of her face as she starts screaming. Um, yeah, there's also funny. there's also like where he's wearing a towel at one point. He's the got same a boner, character, yeah. and he's got a boner after having sex with this um, slightly older lady. Yes. and which was like apparently just a dildo that they'd kind of tucked under his towel. Yeah. for effect. Movie magic. Movie magic. Yeah, and then there's magic. that other scene where Theo James and his pals <laughs> coerce Simon into uh, taking all of his clothes off and leaving mm. him uh, totally naked on the beach. Yeah. And uh, he just covers up his junk with his hand. You don't yes. see anything, but uh, he did say no. that, yeah, I just, that just was just me it. naked on the yeah, beach. Yeah, he just did it, yeah. So. Anyway, here we are to the uh, the Inbetweeners sequel. The aptly called the Inbetweeners Two. Inbetweeners Two, yeah. Yeah. And the Outback. Aye, kind it's of. A, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a movie. <laughs> well, they kind of go on a on a chase to find Jay's ex girlfriend, who he met in the original film. Yeah, Jay has gone to Australia. Yeah, I think certainly with that original movie, is you have. You have your four boys who then end up meeting, I guess, the close to female equivalent of their alters uh, on this trip to Malaga. And obviously, all four of them hook up at the end. That's just kind of the way it goes. Obviously, with the sequel, everyone's kind of separated. They're all kind of currently in uni or they're in work, depending on who they are. But Jay has gone on a year out to go to, or it's his gap year which is something I fucking hate. Hate the term gap year. <laughs> um, it's fucking dumb as fuck. Um, basically, he's on a gap year in Australia, but effectively what we find out is that he's... Uh, yeah, he's he's kind of pursuing Jane, who's his love interest from the last one. I guess the thing that kind of also you need to kind of point out as well is that uh, there's a lot of like anti... There's a lot of sizest humor in reference to... Poor Jane, because she's a little bigger than the other girls <laughs> as well. Yeah, I mean, um, that's some horrible shit in the first movie where, yeah. it, it, you know, they're making, she's made fun of because she's a bigger girl. She's gorgeous, too. And it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't like fat jokes, but I guess in this in the sequel, she's lost quite a bit of weight and yeah. they are commenting on that as well. Well, she works at a stud farm in the sequel and she's out in the outback just dealing with studs all day. Um <laughs> He'll never get her back. Down. Yeah, I think, like I say, I feel like I feel like the in-betweeners existed in this this lovely little kind of non-judgmental bubble. But certainly, if you look at it now, you are kind of just like you're fascinated by how far they were able to take that show and the the sort of things they were able to depict. I think it's I think it's uh, 
Yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> there's the there's the section, and I, I want to talk about these wieners, but the wieners come in at the very end of the film. But they go to, what is it called? It's, it, it's not called Splash Mountain. It's actually Wet and Wild that they're at in, right. in Australia. But whatever uh, water like, park they go to. Yeah, I can't really remember. We were, we watched, like, we watched the movie, but I mean, I just, yeah. I just it's in and out. It's in and out. I just don't think it's particularly, it's like Splash Fantasy or whatever. It's called Splash something or other. Splash Conquest. Wet and Wild. Yeah. And <laughs> Will is going to have a race down a slide with, uh, you know, a rival to his love interest in the in the film. And yeah, so there's a race real, down the slide. Yeah, there's a real pack of like gap year wankers in this movie as well. Yeah. One of them just happens to be someone that Will met at fucking prep school. Okay. So she's a special case. Okay. So they're going to race down this slide and Neil is standing behind Will and he's had problems doing shits this whole film. Uh, he's been pooping a lot and he just talks about how they're real and he explains exactly the kind of poops he's having. Uh, the the width, the girth, and the density of all of his poo. And as they're about to go down the slide, uh, Neil has a problem with the poo <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to get uh, Will's attention and... In essence, Will goes down the slide and then Neil accidentally drops like he, a turd falls out of his shorts and onto the slide behind Will. So now Will is in a race against this other man and also in a race to beat the poo down the slide yeah. that's chasing him. And let me tell you, as someone who worked as a lifeguard at a water park, I have done slide races before and I've won them. And you know how you do it is you have to go on your heels and you have to lift up your back and ride on your shoulder blades and your heels. So you have the less least amount of resistance on the slide. And you'll go faster. So you just got to like arch your back. That's how you win. Okay. Simon, or not Simon, his actual name is Simon. But Will would never have won that race. He won in the uh, in the film, I'm just saying. Well, the other guy. the other he was guy, trying um, to avoid the poo and he was sitting up. Too much resistance on the slide. Never going to happen. Yeah. Dynamics I mean, are off. Well, the other, the other guy also had like dreadlocks. He was a white boy. White English boy with dreadlocks. Which yeah. is also another reason why fucking gap here. When Will gets down the slide, he starts screaming about the poo, turns around, the poo shoots right into his face. And then yeah. there's vomit everywhere. Laura likes a good, like... Yeah. yeah. There's That's a why lot... I like Jackass so much. Yeah, I guess so. But the thing is, like, they, they treat it like it's a moment, like that moment with Willem Dafoe in, uh, in Platoon. They kind of treat it like that. You know, um, there's a lot of like, yeah, there's a lot of kind of like forced comedy stuff in that second movie that I kind of despise. I think the first 20 minutes of that film, I absolutely fucking hate. Is this the, is, is it the second, the sequel where it's the opening looks like a Harry Potter film? Yeah. It's awful. I thought it was funny. It's fucking horrific. I thought it was really funny. And then they go to a party where people told him it was fancy dress and so they dressed up like harry potter characters yeah i mean if anything like yeah i mean they're basically just highlighting the fact that that yeah they're just Will there's a no lot friends. of horrible bastards out there yeah there's a lot of horrible pricks out there and i mean to be honest growing up in the uk that is 100 percent true so um, uh yeah, I mean, kids... We can't, we, honestly, we can't move on to the next thing before I kind of say, there's that visual depiction of Jay's email, which I absolutely despise. I thought that was funny, too. It's, the, it's one of the cringiest fucking things I've ever seen in my well, Jay's life. Jay's pretty cringy, so... It's, 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 I think it's, it's like, it's best left to the imagination, as okay. opposed to, like, showing it 
and doing all this. I fucking hated it. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's like the amount of time they must have spent just fucking like choreographing it because it's all like steady cam shots. It's it's awful. Okay. It's just not worth it at all. Well, uh, Simon Bird did say, and I don't know if we're if we're blaming Damon and Ian for this, but this is their first foray into directing. And Simon Bird wasn't sure if this was the right project for them to to jump into directing. They were he was a little bit nervous about it. And again, the only reason that Ben didn't do it was because he was doing Man Up at the time. Otherwise, he he would have directed this. There's but a lot of there's a lot. Maybe of, you can blame them for that opening. Yeah, there's sequence. a lot of stylistic flourishes that I feel like don't need to be like in this second film. I feel like it's a little bit too much style that's kind of put in there. There's a lot of transitions and uh, visual effects that I'm just like, what? what is this? Like, what is this This nonsense, this tomfoolery? Okay, let me jump into the uh, the first of two penis scenes in the sequel. Yeah. So uh, when they're, they basically run out of gas, right, to get to Jane's, which is where they were trying to get to uh, Jay's love interest yeah and ran out of gas and they're in the desert and it's you know they're all gonna die because they're dehydrated of course and neil says he has to pee and for whatever reason in order to survive they think it would be a good idea to like pee in each other's mouths and so neil was going to pee in simon's mouth (laughs) and you just see the tip tip of a penis now i i don't have any any information on if it was or wasn't. If it was or wasn't yeah. or whose or if it was real, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't find any information on it, but it, it exists. And Neil pees in uh, Simon's face, all over his face. Yeah. Real dark um, pee. Oh, it's very, like, oh, it's very like thick. orangey brown <laughs> thick. Um, it's, it's a weird kind of visual thing so close on their face as well it's so close and you see that drop of urine like just splash onto simon's tongue and then obviously the real gag is that neil did need to piss so he just pisses all over simon's face um an hour 19 minutes and 20 seconds yeah we were getting slightly concerned we didn't know if there was going to be a penis in this but as far as we're aware that's what that is um there is Prior to that, um, after they get kicked out of the party, the very beginning of the movie, they're in a pub and uh, oh, Neil's, right. yeah, Neil's, oh. Neil's dressed as Hermione Granger and they're playing pool and he's like leaning over the pool table and the, the barman comes over and he's like, you're barred. And they're like, why? And they went, look. And you can see he's Neil over. He's wearing like a short skirt and his nuts are just like hanging out below the bottom of the skirt. And obviously there's a dog at the pub so the dog's licking at his nutsack yeah it's um, a classic comedy there yes very absurdist very fun um but yeah that's not that's not even the last one there's still a, there's still another one to go which is what i'd read about is this one in particular um this horrible post-credit sequence yeah so it's all they decide i don't know where very middle upper middle class these kids have to be yeah they, they have to be. go for a month right to australia Oh, it's fucking insanity. It doesn't a make month. any sense. And then they're like, well, why, why don't we just keep traveling? Let's let's really hold on to this gap year idea. And so Oof. they go to Vietnam and they go to Thailand. And this is an hour 29 and 30. And, uh, 
so they are in Thailand. You know, the credits are already rolling. So this yeah. is where you would accept, accept, expect to see bloops. Um, but it's just like a continuation of them on, on holiday. Yeah. They're in Thailand. They meet some ladies and they're all around the table. And there's whoever's filming this. Yeah, I don't know. Because all the boys are sitting at the table with ladies. Mm-hmm. And the camera goes underneath the table and does essentially an upskirt around the table. And then you realize, and as soon as they said Thailand and it's the in-betweeners, you know that yeah. these are transgendered women or lady boys. Uh, th- there's a name for them, Kathoe, uh, which I'm not pronouncing properly, but, you know, you've got lady boys. So in yeah. classic in-betweeners fashion. All of these people have wieners as well. The lowest hanging fruit. <laughs> Indeed. Let's just say. Indeed. Um, yeah. So. so so that's that second penis scene. Yeah. Um, and that movie ends. Is there anything else we want to kind of add before we start wrapping up this... Uh, this clunge fest? Only two things. Wow. Uh, for the sequel, uh, a doctor was only called to the set once when James Buckley thought he was having a heart attack, oh, but fuck. it was actually just indigestion from eating chips and beer too quickly. <laughs> and also, oh, man. there good. is a particular actor who was meant to have a part in the sequel, but they ended up just kind of cutting that scene because they couldn't make her part make sense. And that actor was Daisy Ridley, you're, uh, from oh. the Star Wars. Oh, Because she was cast and was about to start doing The Force Awakens, so she couldn't do it anyway. So they just cut it out. Holy shit. Boom. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Did she make the right decision? We'll never really know. Probably. No. We're s- I mean, we're, we're stuck with those films now. Oh, she's rich. Yeah. Of course. She yeah. She's money, baby. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, yeah, whatever. Fuck those fucking movies. <laughs> those, the Star Wars ones, particularly. Those three Star Wars there's, movies. There's some good um, stuff in some of those Star Wars yeah, whatever. movies. Star Wars yeah, movies. whatever. You're all fucking... Yeah, no, no, no. So for... Let's, uh, I'm just gonna... I actually rated these films the same. Oh, I thought... We were, can we not talk about Blake Harrison's dancing? Can we not just kind of good, bring yeah, that good, up? Yes, absolutely. He, he's, he's a fucking legend. He just dances like, it's fucking awesome. I wanted to get that out because I don't know if we'd ever feel like this episode was complete without talking about Blake's dancing. He's, he's like great. A, yeah, well, he's like a classically trained actor. He did, he did, uh, he studied modern dance for like two years, he said. He's a very smart young man. And, and that is the is result. Probably the best actor <laughs> in this whole I don't know if franchise. he's the best actor, but I'd say he's, I mean, he might have, out of all the rest of them, they've all gone on to do separate separate things. I think James Buckley, we've seen in more stuff, I guess. Yeah, probably. Like, bit parts. He was in Popstar. I remember seeing him in that, and then I saw oh, yeah. him more notably. And it's I another can't, penis movie. I can't remember what it's called, and I'm going to find it out, but he was, uh, he played Del Boy in the prequel to uh, Only Fools and Horses. Who is this? James what? Buckley. Okay. Yeah, so he has done things, and obviously, you know, Joe Thomas and stuff like that, but you know, they, I think yeah, they, they're kind of still within the, the TV vein. But I do think yeah, I do think uh, do think Blake Harrison's probably potentially the most qualified out of all of them, really. Yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen them all in different things since then. Actually, Blake Harrison less so. Obviously, you've seen Greg Davies in a bunch of stuff, but mostly in kind of just like uh, British sitcoms, um, 
I know that Simon Bird was in that, was it Friday Night Dinner? Yeah. That show's yeah. really funny. Yeah, that show's really good. Like I say, I think they've kind of stuck, they've stuck to the same kind of comedy TV vein. I feel um, as though Simon Bird is, will, and probably has had a harder time than anyone else getting out of that kind of typecasting, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, good luck to him. So that Only Fools and Horses prequel was called Rockin' Chips. <laughs> um, All right. I'm surprised I did not know what that was called. Rock and Chips? Or Rockin', rockin chips. chips? Yeah. Aye. Um, okay. Yeah. Weird one. Weird one. But uh, yeah. Um, you ready for the ratings? I think so, yeah. I need to actually get them up because I can't fucking remember. I'm going to start because I know what mine are and I wrote them down. I'm prepared, kind of. So I gave both of the films just an overall rating of a three. Mm. I thought in my head that I was going to like the sequel less, which we actually watched first uh, just for funsies the other we'd day. Never, yeah, we'd never seen it before. I saw it. I definitely had seen it, but again, it goes in and out just like a Fast and Furious sequel. So yeah. I, I gave them three. I liked them both. I, For whatever reason, when we watched the just the Inbetweeners movie, after watching the sequel... I I thought I was going to like it more, and I didn't. So I liked them both the same. They're both just fine, kind of better than, I don't know, whatever. It's a three. Yeah. Um, so mine, I'm a little bit more sporadic. I gave the first one three and a half, because I still, I still think it's funnier, and I think it's a better film. And it's got a little bit more sentimentality to it. It's a little bit more nostalgic. I kind of feel like it's... to be the last one. It was meant to be the last one, and it was meant to feel like this kind of this hopeful progression for the lads who were coming out of being children to being, I guess, like progressing towards being fully fledged adults. Yeah. Um, and you know, they end up they end up getting what they've always wanted, which was you know they sex. wanted, I guess, like a sex, but like like a partnership with some like a like a like a female influence in their lives that was a positive one because for the most part they'd all been dealing with relatively quite negative female influences in their lives from the the women and stuff the girls and stuff that they'd been seeing at school so for the most part this was kind of what it was and then obviously the second movie comes and it feels a little bit like an add-on and it's a little bit superfluous so I end up just kind of giving it two and a half it's like straight down the middle doesn't really need to exist and no. it's not particularly funny the for the most part pretty good that bit itself also kind of sticks out a little bit like like a sore thumb because of how <laughs> stupid it is i'm a child so yeah there's a lot of kind of bits in the second film that kind of stick out a wee bit but it's it is what it is is what is, i said if you, it's, it's like i was saying the other day if you go too deep into instagram you end up falling on a page called fart fans and then you're just that's just what happens that's basically your life yeah, for the next, fans. yeah, for the next twenty years, is uh, fart videos. Still makes me laugh. Yeah, a good a good fart is uh, hard to come by. <laughs> um, so for visibility and rating, uh, context, I gave them both a three and a half. I guess I'm am I being lazy? I don't know. It's hmm. they're there. Uh, they're co- they're comedy penises, so they're in there for jokes. Uh. I don't know. I think boys are kind of like that. Boys are weird. They're always messing with their wieners, like in in this group. I, yeah. I, I assume everyone's. I mean, you see it in the sh- in the show. Like yeah. everyone's seen everyone's penis, everyone's balls. They all know and, what it looks like. Yeah. Right, and they talk and about that, it constantly. Yeah, that definitely. Uh, 
yeah, that definitely ranks with with what happens with groups of guys. Certain groups of guys, I'll not put myself out there, but certainly groups of guys where they're just like, hey, hey, let's look at my feet, look at my dick, and all this sort of stuff. So it does happen. And I have accidentally seen some of my friends' dicks when they've been drunk and things have happened and stuff like that. I've seen most of my friends' boobs, so I guess you just get comfortable. Yeah. This actually reminds me of one particular story of when we'd all gone on a night out and we all stayed over at our friends and I'm sleeping on the sofa. And for whatever reason, we woke up in the morning and there's a bunch of wet clothes on the radiator that's on and they start picking up. I was like, why are these clothes wet? And then what we found out later is my friend had... Uh, accidentally he tried to go to the toilet he'd accidentally wet himself oh and boy. he'd uh, he'd then taken off all of his clothes and put them on the radiator Ew. to help them to dry he them didn't, he didn't like rinse them just piss covered trousers anyway he then goes back to just lying on the sofa which is a leather sofa right next to where i was Ew. And I woke up the in the morning, obviously, and I'm like, why are you naked? And he fucking explained this whole situation to me. And then, other than the fact that, obviously, it wasn't our flat, that, you know, we were, he was, the, our, our flat, the flat person who was in the flat at the time was dealing with the piss situation. I think I was more, <laughs> uh, I think I was more appalled by the fact that he was just wandering around naked, like around us at any point. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is also the same guy that I remember once uh, he was changing in the room after and I was playing a video game or something in the living room and for whatever reason there was just a flash because the door to the living room was open there was just a flash of him coming out and he wangled his dick about and then he, he shot back out of the doorway <laughs> wow. uh, yeah uh, lads to be a young man yep. <laughs> lads yeah we, yeah, we, were, in, we were in our 20s <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah uh men, men never change no they don't but certainly i didn't do that you do it to I me and i, I, I think remember. it's funny yeah i think I, I don't know if you've got a dick you play with it i would like you honestly do yeah. i would be arrested if i'd been born uh, a man if it's not a couch button you're playing with it because it wiggles around and stuff like it's funny <laughs> <laughs> penises are funny and that's what this film is yeah. uh did you give your ratings i think i'm kind of i'm kind of context? in the same camp as you because contextually they're there for comedy value and it's it's the it's the levels of of absurdity that they obviously reach that we're kind of focusing on here so and i think three and a half is fine yeah. for what it is um but i i i like the idea that the the show itself was relatively quite brave. It's quite daring. And also, again, some of the things they got away with Ooh. because there's a level of realism to the some of the stuff that happens in the in-betweeners that I'm just like, that definitely checks out for when I was younger. Right. Um that that yeah, um some of that stuff is like the things I heard, because I never partook in any of that stuff. I was a very quiet boy, thank fuck. Um, but some of the things I heard of other people kind of partaking in things when we were young teenagers, it was fucking sickening. <laughs> Genuinely was. I think what we're trying to say is watch the show if you haven't. It's great. It's streaming on Prime. Yeah, it's on Prime via Freebie. The first film also is streaming on Prime. The mm -hmm. sequel, you, I mean, this is as of a recording. I don't know where it is. You'll find it somewhere. You can rent it. Yeah. I don't know if it's worth a rental. 
But, I mean, uh, if you like, if you're a fan, if you, you want to, yeah, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to complete the saga, I mean, effectively, yeah, they just take another, they just take another one more dive into it, effectively. Very classic, comforting television and classic, comforting, uh, gross-out cinema. Yeah, and and it is what it is, and I'm fine with it. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think it it's it's a it's a very well rounded very well created thought out show and uh movie set i think it just it nails it on the head for me so you got anything else let me look through my notes uh (laughs) i don't know i mean the only other thing i've got i've got in the top of here is is i was going to talk about bus wankers but that was about it really bus wankers bus wankers yeah perfect if you don't have your own car you're a bus wanker (laughs) so that's uh that's the thing but no i think uh I'm quite happy with what we've done. Thank you. <laughs> Good job. You're going to get a gold star. Fine, fuck for that. Well, coming to you from Marco's Nightclub, uh, if you remember that was in the film. Yeah, the fucking shit Deep hole. dive, baby. Yeah, a deep dive. It's barely a deep dive. With our chill, sexy vibe, I've been Laura. I've been Ryan. And, yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my mouse pointer? Right there. Oh. <laughs>